He is the oracle of all things politics, the one and only Raheem Kassam. National Pulse is on fire. Over at National Pulse, the reimagination is going well. It's amazing. It's a must-go-to site. NationalPulse.com, the place I go daily to get my news. I'm a contributing member. I love it. I, I like how clean it looks. I think it's great. You check out the National Pulse. Go to the NationalPulse.com. Raheem Kassam. Raheem. Where is Raheem? What a good job you here is Raheem, and welcome to, well, it's been a while, <laughs> a new episode of The Campaign Trail, brought to you by The National Pulse, thenationalpulse.com. Make sure you're signed up at thenationalpulse.com forward slash upgrade to help us with all of our work. I, um, I apologize for having been gone for so long, but it's for good reason. I, well, those of you who know and who follow the site know that we have been extraordinarily busy uh, the last several months a lot of travel obviously we had the big interview uh, with President Trump uh, if you haven't yet got that that's on well it's on everything it's on X it's on Rumble it's on YouTube it's at the nationalpulse.com it's on this podcast feed and um, well it's it's D-Day right it's DeSantis dropout day uh, Sunday, January the 21st, 2024, and finally, finally, Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, has read the writing on the wall. I wish a few other people would do that, not least uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel, but that is a subject for another conversation. A conversation we're going to be having very soon, by the way, a conversation we're not going to be having from where I sit right now, which is my freshly renovated office on Capitol Hill. Uh, a lot of new, well, not new, a lot of old technology that I've dug out of the drawers to bring this podcast to you today. So I hope the uh, hope the quality is all fine, that it all works correctly. And uh, I've been trying to set up some some video stuff, some visual stuff, but that's I'm not quite in love with the uh, with the aesthetic yet. So we'll we'll work on that. We'll bring that to you when. Uh, well, when I get good <laughs> from now, before I go, before I go popping bottles and celebrating uh, later on this evening, why don't we hear from uh, the man himself? Here's what Governor Ron DeSantis said today: "Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service, from joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq to representing the people in the U.S. Congress, and now serving as governor of Florida." And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who have been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion, or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending, or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination, or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble, and our kids to be indoctrinated. The DC elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you and they do not work for you, they work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. 
Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises, and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci, Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all, that we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No candidate had more thrown at him, but no candidate had so many committed volunteers and staff. Finally, I want to thank my wife, Casey, and our kids, Madison, Mason, and Mamie. Casey's gone far above and beyond in her support for our campaign and for our cause. She's not only a great wife and mother, She's a great American who cares deeply about the future of the country that our kids will inherit. Our kids have seen and done a lot on the trail, from playing on the famed Field of Dreams baseball site in Iowa to making their first snowman in New Hampshire. They are one of the reasons we fight so hard for what we believe in. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. Thank you, and God bless. Well, um, you know, I hate to be churlish about it on the day that he's dropping out, but, you know, Ron DeSantis very much exiting the race in a, in a similar way to how he entered the race, and that is with, with a mealy-mouthed x.com, twitter.com, uh, statement, uh, red statement. Uh, remember, you got to go back and remember, you know, that campaign launch, gosh, it feels like years ago now, doesn't it? But that campaign launch was not just appalling, <laughs> right? It wasn't just appalling because of the glitches, bless him. You know, he couldn't, he, he's not in charge of the, the Elon Musk servers, but it was appalling because effectively he he went on there once they got connected, once people were tuning in, he read a statement out off a piece of paper. You could hear him, even though you could not see him. 
you could hear him reading off a piece of paper. And it was very stunted, it was very monotonous, um, and it was very predictable. And that is exactly what you just heard from Ron DeSantis. And a couple of things, I mean, look, this is politics, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to get into the detail on this, even though this is his exit statement, and you might think, all right, he's out, leave him alone. President Trump remarked just moments ago that um, that he is retiring the name um, Ron DeSanctimonious. I'll bring that up in a second here. Uh, I like this new setup that I've built here. No, no, no offense to the people that built me my last one, but I much prefer this setup that I've pulled together for myself because it lets me do what I used to do with this show that I, I think a lot of you will remember, which is kind of producing live and in real time. So I can just say, hey, I want this clip of President Trump saying something in New Hampshire right now, and I'm going to pull it up and I'm going to play it right here. You see, like this. And that didn't <laughs> work. <laughs> Isn't that just the way? Okay. You just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. <laughs> much easier, much easier than, um, than pulling the clips in and having to post-produce and all of this stuff now. But, you know, because this is politics, like I said, I am going to have to, unfortunately, dissect what Ron... We're not going to call him De Sanctimonious anymore. We're not going to call him De San Sanctus anymore. Um, but what Florida Governor Ron DeSantis just said. And he ended his comments with that great Churchill quote, right? Defeat is not final. Or failure is not final. Victory is never fatal. I messed that one up. <laughs> Defeat is never fatal. Victory is never final. It's the courage. Is it? Gosh, I am rusty. Um, it's the courage to continue that counts. Well, um, the problem with that is that Churchill never actually said that. So just as he flubbed, and just as I flubbed there, just as he flubbed his intro to the race on X, he flubbed his outro as well. And I quote from the Churchill Society at winstonchurchill.org, by the way, which is official. Uh, it says, unfortunately, we regret to advise this is a misquote. Not only did Churchill never say those words, he never said similar words, more usually attributed to him, which are success is not final, failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue the counts. We base this on careful research in the canon of 50 million words by and about Churchill, including all his books, articles, speeches, and papers. Churchill did say, no one can guarantee success in war, but only deserve it. And he did say success always demands a greater effort but unfortunately he did not say uh what ron quoted him on there but hey ho that's how things go and i think the second thing that really stood out to me about that that very long and drawn out statement there was firstly he couldn't help himself but have another dig at trump especially on the covid stuff you know you go through a whole campaign where you go, ah, COVID, ah, Fauci. And like, yeah, everybody knows, right? Everybody knows, everybody has their problems with it. Uh, everybody's reconciling it in their minds and in their politics in different ways. But to have like an outgoing dig there, petty, pathetic. Uh, and of course, a lot of people will say, oh, but you know, it's up to the Trump people now to bring the party together and so on and so forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, sure. But at the same time, uh, Talk about being a sore loser and sounding like a sore loser there. And lastly, what stood out to me there, before I get into what I have written, uh, which is the political obituary uh, of Ron DeSantis here, uh, which is up at the nationalpulse.com. I encourage you all to go and read it, share it with your friends, uh, because it took a long time. And there's a lot of links in there as well, and a lot of things you, you wouldn't have heard before. 
There's a lot of obituaries flying around of Ron DeSantis and his political career, especially his presidential primary uh, campaign. I like to think this is the best one. That's my Joe Biden impression, by the way. I like to think this is the best one. We'll do some, we'll do some Pulse Plus ASMR here. But just before we get into that, not the ASMR, the, <laughs> the article, um, just think about this. He says... I try and do the 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 nasal voice. He says, "And finally, I want to thank my wife, Casey." Finally, you want to thank your wife, Casey. I mean, you know, you'd think this woman, by the way, has carried him through this thing very clearly. Has carried him through this thing and substituted in for him a lot of the time, and. And she's the final thought. She's not like, he doesn't start the statement and go, first and foremost, I want to thank my friends and family, not least my wife, Casey, and our children for being with me here the whole way. That is how you start a statement as a husband and as a family man. You don't go through the whole thing, take your digs at Trump, and then at the end of it go like, oh yeah, and by the way, cheers, Casey. Yeah, great, great, great job there. Wrong, wrong. Everything the guy does just has some bad instincts about it and that was that was what the whole campaign was about so i won't spend too much time here because i have arranged to um to go and celebrate with some maga friends here in washington dc in just a moment um because this day was a long time coming and it was it was so very bitter so very bitter for so many of us i, I can't tell you the number of people the number of friends actual real life friends um that we lost because of because of Ron's campaign and their greediness. And I'll I'll get on to why I think that happened a moment ago. But you gotta forgive us, therefore, for taking an afternoon or an evening rather to ourselves and saying, Thank goodness we can now draw a line under that. But I want to direct your attention to the nationalpulse.com and to the article entitled Political Obituary DeSantis has backed down from the GOP primary. What went wrong and the r-o-n in wrong is capitalized um and i particularly want to draw your attention to the long list of bullet points at the end of that article because it is it is not just a long list of bullet points that you can read and, and nod along with um they're all hyperlinked so you can kind of see step by step how precisely and, and by the way i wanted to do the book what went wrong you know capital and colorized R-O-N, and, and stupid publishers, you know, and stupid politicos, that they are, oh, no, he's not dropping out yet. I said, it's, like, imminent. I mean, I was telling them this a couple of weeks ago. I said, it's imminent. Let me just get you just a nice, short manuscript. Real quick, we'll pump a book out. Everybody will be better informed of it. Maybe, maybe I might make a, a few dollars here or there. God, perish that thought, right? Um... But no, you know, this is this is how it goes. Um, let's start at the start. You know, a lot of people think the start was that glitchy X.com thingy. But it wasn't. And it wasn't, by the way, in their own words, it wasn't. You, you really, really have to understand and internalize the... Ron and Casey have been planning this for a very long time. I think I talked about it on a prior episode. Uh, 
But Ron and Casey went on to Fox News. I think it was an interview with Harris Faulkner. And they admitted that they have been planning this. They had been planning this from back in November 2020. Back when the steel was still in mid-flow, Ron and Casey were conspiring against President Trump. And that is why, honestly, a lot of you are far more charitable. You're bigger people than I am. Um, that is why a lot of you will be more forgiving than me in this circumstance, because I know the duplicity. I've lived it that these people went through. And you might say, okay, yeah, fine, but dude, you know, you're in politics. What did you expect? No, no, no. I mean, I ex if anybody expected it, I expected it, right? You know, the National Pulse was the first to endorse I went to Mar-a-Lago, I watched that speech that President Trump gave announcing his campaign in November 22, and we published an article the very next day. A National Review did an article that said no, period. So I took it upon myself from my hotel room in, in Palm Beach to draft the article yes, period. And it was, it was an entire negation of what National Review was saying. Hmm... So I get it, like I was ready for it, I understand, but living that is very different from observing it, right? I think as an observer, as an outside observer, if I was if I was a million miles away from this, I'd feel the same as so many of you do out there. And I guess I'm being preemptively defensive because I know, I know I've lived this before. And I even said on Real America's Voice with Jack Posobiec last week, there is such a thing as a sore winner here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're allowed a few moments. We're allowed a few processing <laughs> moments. It's going to be a long and grueling campaign. It's only January. Um, listen, they 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 admitted freely, and nobody's spotted. By the way, this is the most frustrating thing about. This is a therapy session for me, right? Now. <laughs> this is the most frustrating thing about my life is I spot all these things, right? And you think actually it's a pretty big deal that they said that they were going to do it back in November 2020, they had decided between them, because that means in the period of intervening period of time, they were going out, recruiting staff, talking to donors, briefing press, all of this stuff. That's years. That's years of putting the, um, putting the groundwork, laying the groundwork. Um, and I think that escapes people sometimes. They lied for years. They lied to the Florida electorate en masse. Remember, he was asked... He was on stage at the debate with what's-his-chops, Charlie Crist, and he said, are you planning to run for president? And DeSantis said, oh, I'm focused 100% on the job. He lied. He lied to your faces. And I know he's been a good governor. I don't doubt that he's been a good governor. But I am not a person who enjoys being lied to, even, even from a successful person. I don't like it. I don't like it. I think that suits me better than Joe Biden, by the way. Um, so they did that, right? And then, remember, they went on to do the book tour. <laughs> the, the great, grand book. The, the best-selling book. The book that nobody bought, by the way. The book that nobody read. And the book that nobody was there to talk to DeSantis about. When he went to do his book tours, nobody was there to talk about the book. Nobody. I guarantee you, nobody gave a flying you-know-what about that book. They were there, a lot of people, including the press, because they knew. 
and he still lied. Because what was he doing? He was getting the Florida state legislature to, legislature to change the law. That's L-A-W, by the way. Um, so that he could the, the, stay as governor. <laughs> because he knew this moment would come. Something in the back of his mind knew this moment would come. Where he would have to go back. You must go back, Ron. You must go back to Tallahassee. And so he does the book tour. And remember, he he's pumping the Florida model, the Florida model. He says, that's all I'm doing. I'm just hyping the Florida model. And then he goes to he goes to London and he starts talking in, in think tank at think tanks and in foreign policy circles. And he was laughed out of the rooms, by the way. I know people who are in those rooms. They called him a lightweight. They said he had no depth. He didn't sound presidential. And he comes back almost with his tail tucked between his legs. He was he was I would like to say humbled, but clearly not humbled enough. But he was certainly taken aback, I think, by the fact that he wasn't welcomed with open arms in such circles. And in the meantime, who did he leave in charge of Florida? We left um, Jeanette Nunez. A woman who once described Donald Trump as as the KKK. And now, of course, you heard it. I played it for you there. Now, of course, he goes, oh, well, you know, we do have to unite behind Donald Trump. Dude, you were the guy. You were the guy who was the primary guy, the number one guy with the number one amount, you know, spent staff, nastiness on it. You were the guy may as well have been you know representing e jean carroll in her um in her cases i i don't know i don't know if you feel the same way as me but i i just take such umbrage with people that behave that way i really do um so he does that right and then he hires what i call the axis of incompetence. Jeffro, Axiom Strategies, the Axiom of Incompetence, Adam Laxalt, and Christina Pushaw. Somebody, I think, and all of these three should have nothing to do with conservative politics in the United States ever again. The axis of incompetence. I like a good nasty person, by the way. I like a person that can tear chunks out of the enemy. I respect that. There are a lot of people on the left that can do that very well, and I respect them for it. I'm not afraid of them. That's mostly because I'm a psychopath. I'll run headfirst into him. Um, I, I pride myself on being able to be far nastier. Um, but they put the fear of God into a lot of people. And that is, um, listen about the left, probably better to say fear of the devil. But it's, you know, it's worth taking note of. It's worth taking stock of those people and what they say and what they do and how they do it. Um, it's not a good, it's not always a good respect, by the way. But in, what do you call it, smash mouth? That's how it goes. But these people, right, these people were not, 
nasty and effective. These people were nasty and ineffective. These people just bad faith people. They didn't they didn't scare anybody. They just ranted and raved and lied and background briefed and 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 led people astray. So many people led astray. You think about it, how many people were on the Trump train from 2016, 2015, 2016 were led astray by Jeff Rowe, Adam Laxalt, and Christina Pushall. Unforgivable what those people did. Unforgivable what they did to a successful Florida governor, by the way. Unforgivable. Should be fired. You know, should not be able to go back and work for Governor DeSantis, you know, being paid for by the taxpayer. Not a single conservative Republican candidate should should hire Jeff Rowe or Axiom Strategies ever, ever again. And, you know, they pulled people like uh, Steve Cortez. They pulled people like uh, John Cardillo, Matthew Tiermond, Anchor Baby Pedro Gonzalez, Clay Travis, Tommy Laren, so many more. What do you do with those people? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how much they're willing to doff the cap, how much they're willing to bend the knee, how much they're willing to go to bat for Marga and say, honestly, with their hands on their hearts, that they got it wrong. We'll be able to tell. I can tell. I, if any of you are listening, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell in your eyes. I can tell by your body language. If you're just trying to grift again, I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> remember the old, uh, remember the old, uh, for those of you who are hyper as hyperactive on, on the internet as I am, um, it was then that people were like, okay, you know, wait, just wait, wait until he actually announces. You know, the mask dropped from the book tour and then wait until he actually announces. And then, of course, you know, womp womp. And then just wait until, wait until, just wait until he debates. Womp womp. And then, and now, um, just wait until Iowa. He's going to win Iowa. As recently as December, he was going on national television saying, I'm confident it's going to happen. We're going to win Iowa. No problem. By the way, Vivek said this too. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> um... Just wait until Iowa. We have the we have the greatest, we have the most formidable, the most unassailable ground game. The polls are off. Actually, ladies and gentlemen, you know, for those of you who know my pedigree in this area, in this field, I think back to the early Breitbart News Radio days. I think back to you would have never even heard of me back then, but 2013, I was running a little blog from my bedroom in Northwest London, a little a little village, a little place called Hampstead Garden Suburb. For those of you that know it, the haters will say gold is green. Um, I was writing about the polling industry, what they get right, what they get wrong. I've done this for a very long time now, ten years probably, focused on polling. I didn't have a problem with a lot of the polling that we've been seeing over the course. There, there are a couple of things out there that don't make any sense. They're paid for, they're push polls, whatever. You can spot them a mile away. You know, they come with silly, um, silly group names attached to them. American Research Group, huh? <laughs> whatever happened to good old Rasmussen, huh? 
so you can spot those a mile away. You can go into the you can go into the cross tabs. You know the detail, the data. You can spot that all. If you don't have time to do it yourself, I know a great website, thenationalpulse.com, where you can do that too. We'll we'll break it. We always break it down for you. If I see something silly that needs that needs some uh, attention. But remember, these people, oh, God, these people, I I just sort of had a little flashback to, you know, I argue with people that I shouldn't necessarily argue with on the internet. And I don't mean, I don't mean anonymous bots and everything. I like those. You just, it keeps, it keeps you sharp, right? You can, you can use them as kind of sparring partners, train your arguments, hone your arguments, hone your, hone your jabs and your C words, drop them appropriately no it's actually the people with a lot of followers but who are silly nonsense people that you shouldn't waste your time with and i just had a flashback to whatever for whatever reason arguing with bill mitchell now for those of you who don't know who that is don't bother (laughs) you are so lucky i wish i didn't know who bill mitchell was but for those of you who do i call him biff because he reminds me of biff from back to the future Hey, McFly! Um, just arguing with these people who are, you know, grifters, par excellence, by the way. You know, they ask people to pay for their houses, and, you know, Je- Jebba Ellis comes to mind. They ask people to pay for their vacations and things like that. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down here and do some, you know, investigative work. Bullshit, you're sitting on a beach in Miami, fucktard. Um, shouldn't argue with these people. But it got to the point in the campaign over the course of the last several months, maybe, I guess it was over the summer, and I just couldn't believe, I was reading this stuff every day, I just couldn't believe what a different planet, not just that these people were living on, but they were convincing other people to come and live on the planet with them. But there was no oxygen, no atmosphere, and no gravity. You're just floating... Like a listless vessel. Oh yes, I didn't even I didn't even plan that. Okay, like a listless vessel. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so Iowa came, and obviously that was pretty recently. And the donors all told him. The donors all told Ron, "You ain't you ain't getting another cent. Not another cent. You pissed it all up the wall." Hundreds of millions of dollars for what? Well, yeah, okay, so Christina Pushaw has purchased herself a, a gold-plated yoga mat, I'm sure. And Jeff Rowe, you know, he has a plane. He calls it Axiom Air. What a cock. <laughs> what a cock. Um, who the fuck's my plane, by the way? I was talking to somebody about this earlier on the phone. Gosh, who was it now I was talking to? Um, and there's there's no bloody prizes for being right in politics, are there? I think I've been right about every single political prediction of the last 10 years plus. Caned all of the enemies. Just absolutely annihilated them. Bent them over and spanked them. Over and over again. We break news. Transition Integrity Project. Fauci, Wuhan Lab, Peter Daszak. You name it. Where's my fucking plane? Anyway... Um, gosh, we're foul-mouthed today. Um, and then, so on this article, again, I really, I really want you to go there. 
thenationalpulse.com, political obituary, DeSantis has backed down from the GOP primary. What went wrong? Uh, then I put a list together of, gosh, maybe there's about 40 bullet points here. Not a single one of them will waste your time, by the way. You know I'm not into that. Not a single one of them will waste your time. The folly of picking, Je- picking Jeff Rowe and Axiom, the long-standing feud between Trump's campaign chief Susie Wiles and Ron DeSantis himself, the outsourcing of strategy to his wife Jill Kissy DeSantis, his establishment donors, his COVID revisionism, his profligate spending, the weirdos he put around him, his staff's bizarre ideological positions. <coughs> Darker. The unexplained links with the Iranian donor, another story that we broke, Mori Hosseini. The ads that literally, remember this one? His ads that literally used Nazi imagery. His stripper donor, his reliance on high dollar donors, remember? No small dollar donors, all high dollar donors, big corporate donors. Again, the weirdos he put around him. The connections with the 2016 Never Trumpers, his insults towards MAGA Republicans. Again, the weirdos he put around him. Christina Bushaw, uh, the attacks on pro-life Republicans, you know, for all of that campaign that he was attacking Trump on, you know, Trump's trying to um, take a general election footing on this issue, especially because Pro-Life Inc. here in Washington, D.C. does such a terrible job of messaging on abortion. Uh, that was a thing that we discussed in the interview that I did from Mar-a-Lago. And then uh, Christina Bushaw and Ron DeSantis start attacking uh, Father Frank Pavone, one of the most pro-life MAGA Republicans out there, um, his COVID obsession, it was an obsession. It's not an obsession for most people. I think, by the way, some polling uh, I saw over the course of the campaign showed that the COVID issue ranks at about, I think, 0.5% of people put it in their top three issues uh, that they're currently thinking about when going into the 2024 election. Uh, he's paid to pay for play scandals. Now, nobody talks about this. I don't know how people don't talk. By the way, I'm sorry to be racist like this, but Ron DeSantis it, it runs his political operation like a very, very like shit-tier Italian mafioso. He's so bad at that because he's not intimidating and he's not very good at running the racket he's trying to run but that's what he does and there's the pay for play stuff with bob van der Plaats. there's pay for play stuff with kim reynolds and i just don't understand how how he kind of got away with doing all of that if not with trump paying people for their endorsements and the kim reynolds thing is especially heinous i mean the kim reynolds thing i think actually may border on something worse uh, than just corrupt uh, there's so much of that around ron and nobody ever bloody talks about it and of course, now everybody says, oh, don't talk about him. He's a Republican governor. But like, come on. <laughs> you know, I don't know if we want somebody like that. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Here's a good one. Great one. How about holding up that poop map? How about holding up that poop map? Remember that? No? If you don't, the words I just said are really weird for you. He held up a map of all the poop that has been found in San Francisco when he was doing that debate with Gavin Newsom. And I think Ron did well in that debate. I think he probably eked him out, even though, like, even Gavin, I think Trump said it right, you know, Gavin actually didn't have any of the facts to hand. The facts weren't on his side, but his presentation was still better than Ron's, and that was the problem. That's always been the problem with Ron. Um, okay, by the way, here's the thing. Ron, if you want to run again in four years, I will be your consultant. Don't hire Jeff Rowe. I'll do it. Um... 
I need an airplane up. I know I'm on a private jet purchased for myself, customized up front. That's the price. Uh, and you're paying for all the gas and everything like that as well. <laughs> the poop map. Who told him to hold up a poop map? And here's the thing. It would have probably been fine if the poop map, I hate even saying it, um, just had little points like you find on a Google map, right? Little points, little pinpoints, whatever. They decided to turn each of those points brown. Now, listen, if you know anything about human psychology, you know anything about politics, people just associate things subconsciously that are together, that are next to each other. So DeSantis is holding up this poop map, but all people are seeing, especially if you're not paying hyper-close attention, which I guarantee you nobody was paying hyper-close attention to that debate. You might have seen a clip on social media. You might have had it on in the background while you're cooking dinner. And all you see is DeSantis holding up what looks like a map itself smeared with actual poop on the piece of paper. You can't make it up. His woke obsession. I said it at the beginning, didn't I? I said right at the beginning of this campaign, for those of you that remember, the wokey woke 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 stuff is going to kill his campaign. He's obsessed with it. He can't get off it as a talking point. Obviously, it's terrible for the United States. Obviously, it's terrible for the Western world. But bobbling your head around and going wokey 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 Disney is not the stuff of high-level political campaigns. It's the stuff of of medium-tier gubernatorial campaigns and he kind of just didn't understand that you have to take several steps up that is really one of the big takeaways when it comes to DeSantis is that he never really leveled up he just brought I mean remember he was only taken on Charlie Crist it didn't, it's not exactly a difficult campaign and he didn't realize it does. It's not the same. It <laughs> don't go from that to Donald Trump and use the same platform. Doesn't work. Doesn't doesn't work. His attacks on conservative media, me included. I want to say a great big fuck you to Chris Nelson and Pedro Gonzalez and Jeremy Redfern and Max Nordau and all of those people who, over the course of the last year, have tweeted. Oh, when Ron DeSantis is president of the United States, the first thing he does, the first thing they said, the first thing, before shutting the border, before getting grips with the economy, before taking on, you know, terrorism, before bringing world peace, the first thing, the day one pledge, in the words of Ron DeSantis' own press secretary, was deport Raheem Yeah, boy, B. That is that is how in their heads we were. The attacks on Jan Sixers, and of course, I think it really, really all culminated in the last week when his staff attacked Donald Trump for going to his mother-in-law's funeral. That that really was it. That was really lose the plot territory, and as if that didn't ha- already happen, and. I think um, I think he saw that. I think he I think genuinely think he saw that and went, you know what? I can't 
I can't be working with these people. I can't be supported by these people anymore. They're just bad people. And again, that was that was Jeremy Redfern. Paid for, by the way, by the Florida taxpayer. If you are a Florida taxpayer, you pay that guy's salary who mocked President Trump for going to Melania's mother's funeral and threatened to, to, to deport me. <laughs> I also want to know like what the mechanism for that would be. Um, but that's who these people were. And so as we come to a close on this, I do want to give a shout out to some people who I thought did just a phenomenal job of scrutinizing and taking down the DeSantis operation over the last uh, year. Uh, well, firstly, I got to give a lot of credit to, to Team Pulse. I think the National Pulse has been really at the tip of the uh, to the tip of the spear when it comes to a lot of this stuff. I, you know, if you know anything about me, ladies and gentlemen, I love a good internecine fight. I am definitely not somebody that adheres to that. Uh, you know, no blue on blue, no red on red, whatever. Um, don't punch right sort of thing. I will punch wherever I fucking want to. Uh, and Laura Luma has done just a phenomenal job. I remember when she came to see me at the beginning of last year and kind of was at a loose end and said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, to, to go about this. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me telling you this. And I said, look, lock your eyes on the target and just keep going for it. Oh, but nobody retweets me. You know, I've been shadow banned. Also, I said, lock your eyes on the target and just keep going for it. People will notice. I'll share the stuff. And now look, I mean, her stuff is, is bigger than ours in a lot of, in a lot of um, instances. So big, great big credit to her. And of course, the, the crazy psychopaths at the Dilly Mean team. I mean, I don't even know who half these people are. I'm sure I've met them along the way um, at some of these events and so on. But these people just absolute buzzsaws who ritualistically humiliated uh, Ron DeSantis and his team just constantly. And I said, I kind of, I want to leave you <laughs> with one of the hilarious things that they made. Uh, I think it's brilliant. It made me chuckle. And uh, I want you all to go to the, na if you're not yet, subscribe to the nationalpulse.com forward slash upgrade. Um, you owe it to yourself. Get in the news. Enjoy. And now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. My team, they made things worse. It's like I'm cursed, and now it's certain. I ran the worst campaign, dorky and weird, awkward and small, and more. Much more than this, I was a meatball. Regrets, I've had a few. Backstabbing Trump, that was a big one. I thought Hail Hydra would do. I thought they knew when in the long run I planned each dumb mistake each stupid move along my downfall and more 
much more than this. I was a meatball. Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew when I'd been off more than I should chew. But through it all, when they called me Rob, I shit the bed. I take like a slob, high heels and all, and five sits tall. I was a meatball. I've lied, fake left and cried. I lost it all, so tired of losing. And now the dreams have died. I find it all so confusing to think I could beat Trump. That was just crazy. Thanks a lot, Casey. Oh, no. No chance at all. I was a meatball. For I'm just a nerd. I sweat a lot. I bake for class. And I eat my snot. Nobody minds what I do or say. All that they want is that I go away, high heels and all, and five sits tall, oh, I was a mean.